from City National Arena inside Studio 31. Uh, welcome to the program, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Looking forward to one hour of hockey talk uh, during your lunch hour as you get in and out and about, uh, taking part uh, in your day. Darren Millard, along with uh, the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, Brian McCormick, is with us. The Vegas Golden Knights on the road right now, completing a two-game trip through the Central Division tomorrow night against the Nashville Predators after falling to the St. Louis Blues last night by a score of 5-2. to two. We'll get into that game. Uh, we'll also chat with Will Nickel, the Director of Player Development with the Vegas Golden Knights in just a little bit. Uh, update you on some of the prospects that are uh, within the organization. Some great things happening, uh, both uh, with uh, Henderson and uh, with the prospects that are in major junior and in college. And we will also get into some... Uh, roster news that's taking place right now with Max Pacioretty being on the road trip. But uh, you watched last night, 2 nothing lead, and then in 2 minutes and 15 seconds, it vanished. That was a weird game because they had some really good looks. Yeah. Some great chances. They, they had some really good looks, and, and then for on the St. Louis side, you look at the, the goals they scored and the opportunities being given up. When you give up a lot of opportunities from between the hash marks, mm-hmm. you know the, the numbers aren't going to necessarily balance in your favor. But but absolutely, they jumped out to a two nothing lead. And if there's an opportunity to put your foot down at that point in the first period, maybe that's a different game. Or if some of those bounce over the goal line, different game. But uh, St. Louis is a team that is talented, has game breakers, and uh, got a couple of. of fortunate bounces of their own, especially the O'Reilly goal. We talked about this before the show. The, the O'Reilly goal is going about three feet wide and yeah. hits the inside of Robin Leonard's pad and then goes, uh, you know, trickles behind him. Uh, you know, that that gave them life. Uh, and then for St. Louis, just a, a dynamic attack game against a Vegas team that hadn't been on the road for a bit. What's the worst lead in hockey? 2 nothing is what I'm told, but I don't know a single coach that wouldn't sign up for it. Yeah, because <laughs> Vegas has trailed 2 nothing on a semi-regular basis and been able to erase those deficits and win hockey games. And then they were up to Cobb last night, and it slipped away. I guess it depends when you're up 2 nothing, right? Or yeah. when you're down 2 nothing. If it's seven minutes in, well, there's there's plenty of runway left. Um, and, you know, for the, for the Golden Knights, especially the first goal, the Stevenson goal, was a, a rebound in front and, and just a, a Johnny-on-the-spot kind of thing. You know, if... If you're able to generate that kind of pressure and funnel that kind of activity to the front of the net, if you can maintain that, if you can sustain that, well, then you can control the first period. Um, you know, for, for the Golden Knights, they controlled the first seven minutes of the first period, but I don't know that they controlled the first period. Right. And, you know, the narrative can change in a, in a quick break, and it did when, when the, you know, the, the Falk breakaway. Uh, after that point, you're kind of like, all right, well, the, the first seven minutes doesn't really count for anything anymore. The Vegas Golden Knights uh, are a record of 11-8 and eight so far. Uh, anybody would take that within the organization oh, yeah. and run with, uh, with the injuries that they've had. But uh, I'm not going to say that it's accepted, but you're kind of waiting for one of those nights uh, just to, to crop up after a 5-1 homestand and the way things have been going, uh, being able to find different ways to win. Uh, that that uh, an effort or a result uh, is going to just pop out Every now and then, and and also again, it, it, where did it happen? Mm-hmm. It happened against the St. Louis Blues team that you know is second in the Central, and you know it's a it's a good hockey team. It's yeah. a tough building to go into in any circumstance. And they've been sputtering a little bit, so they were ornery. Yeah, I got the sense that they were a little bit testy, a little testy. And and again, it's uh, I I think when you when you look at every how many teams can we say at this point of the season haven't been. Mm. A little ornery, right? Yeah. You know, we, we can talk about, you know, Edmonton has, has gotten everyone's attention. Edmonton, Calgary, uh, and then out east, the, the Florida Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes. Everyone else has had, uh, you know, for every four good games, one of a, a vulnerable one. Mm-hmm. 
you know, so it's for, for, the, for that sake, if, if anyone's had a, a bad week and a half or so, they're going to have a good day when you go to see them. It's just the way it works out usually. Um, you know, but night, last night was also a night where you talk about some of the scrambles, some of the opportunities that the Golden Knights had. Jordan Bingston played well last night, and sometimes yeah. you just tip your hat there too. Uh, Mark Stone uh, still searching for that first goal, but not for a lack of uh, grade-A opportunities. Uh, he was looking skyward on multiple occasions last night. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's going to come. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to come. It's just a matter of him having, you know, been away for a while and then coming back to a, uh, you know, it's, it's not like he's coming back and being reinserted on the the line he's used to playing with either, right? right. So, you know, and, and the Golden Knights, I think this has been a very impressive stretch for the Golden Knights not just the depth that they have organizationally and, and also with, with the big club 24-7. Uh, they're finding ways to win without the lineup that they would have designed on, on paper at the start of the year. And that doesn't just tell you, like, oh, good, we have depth uh, that we can rely on in this time. That's the, that's depth you can rely on when you get back to 100%, too, that guys down the lineup have the experience and the uh, the, the track record of, of, of being productive. Um, so, if, you know, for Mark Stone, it's going to happen for him, but eventually he's going to be playing with the players he's traditionally suited to playing with, and, you know, and hopefully soon Max Pacioretty is on that list too. Um, you know, it, it's going to come, but it's it's right now he's he's been inserted into the lineup and immediately upon arrival becomes, again, one of the most uh, depended on productive players in the lineup the second he gets there. So it, it's... It's okay for it to take a little time. That uh, second opportunity last night, the puck just rolls on a stick and uh, goes up and over the net. Darren Millard along with Brian McCormick, the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, with you on nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, Will Nickel, Director of Player Development. Uh, we're going to dive into the prospects. He'll join us in just a little bit. Uh, you were already scheduled uh, to be on the show today, so I'd like to say it's, it's great uh, planning that we just shuffled you over here and to talk <laughs> about all these Henderson Silver Knights that are up, but uh, but it just it worked out that way. So uh, tell us about all these guys that have been called up and have been contributing and been able to uh, help just tread, do more than tread water for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, well, you know, the the interesting thing is is uh, if you want to go all the way back to the start of the year, because yeah. you can even say Jake LeCision and Jonas Rombier land on that list of guys that were probably uh, penciled in to be Silver Knights and, and and frankly, take on larger roles in, in Henderson. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been pushed into NHL duty, and they've been very, very good. And I think one of the things that's been helpful is that Rombjerg, LeCision, Cotter, even though they are second to third line types at the AHL level even, you've asked them to come up, and you haven't asked them to be 30-goal scorers. This is something I'd be curious to ask Will about when we have him on. Is it harder for a player who's a point-per-game guy at the AHL level to get called up to the NHL level and impress or to meet the expectations of the fan base. Because, okay, you're a point-per-game guy. You're a top-line scorer. We hope that you are that when you get to the NHL full-time, so let's see some hints of productivity that you can do that. It's it's a hard threshold to meet because in the AHL, you're playing against a certain skill level, and then the NHL, you're playing against the best players in the world. It's going to take more to to fool them or to to find those, those passing lanes or whatever it is you do well. If you're being asked to be a hard-working checker around the perimeter, be hard to play against, yes, the players at the next level are better. But your role and your responsibility of staying within the systems, it doesn't change that dramatically. You know, so for Jake LeCision to put up, you know, five points every 13, 14, 15 games and shut down the other team's best line at the AHL level, the shutdown part's going to be harder at the NHL level. But you're not expecting – if he doesn't have points for a few days, you're not worried about that. You're like, oh, he's playing good defensive hockey. So the guys that the 
uh, Golden Knights have had to rely on from Henderson are the types who have been strong, responsible, checking, play through the middle of the ice types of players. And I think that's allowed them to go to the NHL and not really feel a tremendous amount of pressure. Just do your job and be dependable. And so far, I think we can all agree that, that Ron Bjerg, they, they've been dependable and then some. And then for Paul Cotter scoring two goals in four games, I, I talked to him when he came back because he scored his first NHL goal, and then he met the Silver Knights in Stockton and played two games there, scored two more goals there. He's he's become a scoring machine wherever he is. Um, but he's he said, uh, you know, it was kind of a relief. Even when you're not expecting to score a goal, it's a relief to score a goal and just say, okay, they can never take that away from right. me. Um, but I, I think he's probably the one that I think has been the most eye-opening of the Silver Knights who've got called up this year because he's put up, points in the AHL but you know not explosively so no kind of kind of all the way through his career yeah th- th- those numbers are are not just at, at times you'll get the the odd guy who has multiple 40 goal seasons in junior and yeah. then settles into his career right but, but Paul's never really done that which is also interesting because he has hands yes you know he he's a skill player but I think it, that maybe even forced him to more focus into like, okay, how can I be grittier? How can I be more crash and bang, harder to play against? Um, because he's he his his greatest. He, oh, I wish I could remember the exact number. Shame on me that I can't. But when I first met him, I was like, all right, so who's the shootout guy around here? And he said, ah, well, you know, I, I think he said like I'm 12 for 13 lifetime or something. And y- the point is, is that when when Paul Carr's on a breakaway, he's confident. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he's on breakaways every day either. Right. So I think that was part of the, the transition for him in pro hockey was, okay, let's let's add another element here uh, that's a little more suited to the middle six that I've been playing. Um, and this year the scoring touch has been there, but that's also third year of being in the American Hockey League. You're supposed to get better. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to add tools to the tool belt. Um, so I, I think when he scored the goal, I remember asking Joel Ward, I said, were you surprised he scored in the NHL this quickly? He's like, I thought he was going to do really well up there. Because he's got the frame, he's got the mindset to to play the role they're asking him to play. So, uh, not that Joel Ward was predicting goals, but he said, I thought he was going to do well. I thought it was going to suit him. And you see that sometimes, too. A player in the AHL is what he is, and he gets called up to the NHL. It's like, boy, it almost seems like it's easier for him up there somehow. Yeah. I've had players tell me that. Like Derek Pouliot said once, he said, it's actually easier in the NHL because, you know. Structure? Structure. And, you know, not only are you making fewer mistakes because you're on, but no one else is making mistakes either. Every pass is on the tape. In some ways, the game is almost at times cleaner. It's easier for you to jump into it sometimes. Um, but when Cotter scored his first goal, that kind of like inside-outside wrister, he, he got, when he got underneath the stick of, uh, I can't remember who, what the, who the defenseman was, but when he when he did that, uh, I said, like, oh, that was pretty good. And then, then like, Tim Speltz, oh, he does that in practice all the time. That's, that's kind of patented Paul Cotter. I think Gary Lawless said the same thing on the air. Um, so he's just, he's suited very well to the NHL. Uh, I'm sure catching a little lightning in the ball too, just excited to be there as a lot of guys are. Um, but, but to me, the fact that he has jumped in so quickly and been so productive and so involved to me, that bell rang off of, of having heard from several players in the past, like, ah, sometimes the NHL game somehow just suits you, suits you better depending on who you're playing with and, and, uh, you know, how you handle yourself and, well, Paul Carr has handled himself very well so far. Uh, I think you're right. Jake Lecision was penciled in uh, for the Henderson Silver Knights, but has played his way through uh, responsibility uh, and being uh, able to embrace that role uh, and earning Pete DeBoer's trust mm-hmm. uh, this year has has earned those those extra games. Uh, ben Jones, though, uh, but not the last couple of games. It's it's like all these dreams are coming true yeah. this year in in all these debuts. But uh, give us the idea of, of, of where Ben Jones fits in the whole scheme. You know, Ben Ben is interesting because he's a player that's gotten better year over year. 
you know, his first his rookie season, he was in Chicago, uh, played well, but the the numbers weren't uh, particularly. Oh, they weren't really eye popping at all. They weren't really a factor. He was under ten points. He was just you know playing a, a fourth line role. Uh, last year we saw a spark offensively, knowing what to do around the net. This year it's been the penalty kill, most obviously, uh, both in terms of just the the doggedness on puck pursuit, and when he gets a puck out into space, he can actually he can win a foot race. So this is a player that has stayed within himself, and he's progressing steadily. The points are there, but he's also putting himself in better positions. And I think what applies to, to Ben is something that applied to what Manny Vivero said about both Jake LeCision and Jonas Rombjerg last year. And he said, well, the thing that's so good about them is that they're always where they're supposed to be. And if you're talking players, well, let the game come to you. Well, if you're where you're supposed to be, the game will come to you. That's why they put you there. That's why the X's yeah. and O's on the whiteboard are where they are. Players who chase the game get outside themselves. A, they make mistakes, and B, sometimes they miss the opportunities because the glowing areas of the ice are the places where they're not standing. Ben Jones does a much better job of being positionally sound, fundamentally sound, um, and and he's cashing in on the chances he gets. And I think that's a, that's an element too. You know, you and I can stand in the exact same place as as uh, Max Pacioretty. Now, of course, he should score more than we are, but even a high percentage, right? There's a 90% scoring area you and I probably can't bury. Right. You know, there's a certain element of putting same players in same spots, and, well, you just got to hit the spot. You just got to score, and that's a confidence thing. That's an experience thing, and sometimes it's just can you do it or not thing, and that's something Ben Jones has gotten better at. When he's in high percentage scoring areas, he's scoring goals, and that's it's, it's elevated his value. Uh, coaches will say, a certain player being up and having success is not a real surprise, whereas the fan base and those on the periphery will go, boy, I, I can't believe that player's doing that or that player's uh, been that effective or getting that many minutes. Yeah. Jonas Rombjerg is the guy that the coaches say, no-brainer. Mm-hmm. And, and last year, last year when, when people asked me, like, okay, who's, who's a guy who would be, like, quickest to get up? Yeah. What do I know? But I said, you know what? Rombjerg wouldn't surprise me just because, again, he's – fundamentally sound but he's just so good 200 feet yeah. long coaches gush over Rombier and he missed his entire rookie season he played all of a few shifts in his first season in, in Chicago suffered a lower body injury missed the year so last year it was like okay how quickly can he get back to himself let alone this is the American Hockey League now it's not yeah. it's not Europe anymore it's not you know the the younger the junior leagues or whatever you know a perfectly healthy guy like okay how do you acclimate yourself to that next step up so that plus missing a year like all right let's see what we get out of Jonas Rombjerg within five games everyone was like oh he's even better than we thought he was going right. to be um and and he's just a perfect prototype for the role that he's playing right now with the VGK he just fits it so well um and you know again it's a long season as as the, as the team gets healthier who knows what decisions are made for person for anybody on the roster in any direction but I think he's very much made the case that they know exactly what his skill set is and how it applies to the NHL game for, for a long time. We will talk about those players getting healthy uh, as we continue on Nighttime at Noon. We'll also check in with the Director of Player Development uh, for the Vegas School of the Knights, Will Nickel, as we roll on in this hour. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the spectacular Hotel California in Santa Barbara, California, is the newest exciting addition to the Foley Entertainment Group. Uh, it's spectacular experience, an extraordinary stay at one of the 121 luxury guest rooms and suites. Uh, taste the region's of finest wine at Foley Food and Wine Society's Tasting Room and treat yourself to unparalleled massage at uh, Mejurel at the uh, Moroccan-inspired spa, all in the heart of the American Riviera. Designed for domestic and international guests 
like Hotel California is the perfect destination for any traveler seeking a one-of-a-kind luxury experience. Hotel California is Santa Barbara's premier urban destination. Visit HotelCalifornian.com to book your stay today. An update on Max Pacioretty next on Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Show continues from Studio 31. You can uh, watch us live streaming this program on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, the various social media channels of the Vegas School of the Knights. Uh, we, of course, located in the second floor of City National Arena, Darren Millard, along with the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, Brian McCormick, and we are modeling our new 
T-shirts. Now you just brought them up. Uh, these are Jack Eichel T-shirts. Uh, they are launching on Gold Friday over at the Arsenal and the Armory, uh, exclusive to the Arsenal and the Armory. These are uh, team-designed Jack Eichel shirts. Pretty cool. I think so. You know what I noticed uh, the other day? Uh, by the way, amazing, fabulous, uh, intimate interview with Manny V. Burroughs, uh for Hockey Fights Cancer Night. Thank uh, you. That was, uh, that was beautiful. And, and Manny would want me to, to mention this. Uh, you had a bit of a, a show going on there with the arms. See, uh, the, so the, I've way, the, I've the way that you were leaning in there. I've gotten this from multiple people. Yeah. Um, and I'm not taking was it. As, I don't think it's a compliment. I think was it's one a, of them Gary Lawless. Uh, no, okay, because he was he was something like, to say. <laughs> he was fixated on the arms when we were when we were watching the interview. <laughs> okay. Well, I've had a couple of the players make mention, yeah. but I don't think I don't think it's them complimenting the arms. I think it's their their very uh, subtle way of saying, Brian, you're wearing shirts that are too small for you. There might have been a bit of that a too. Yeah. Right, this is a, this is an XL. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is the best I could do. But we had yeah. this conversation, like Brian, are you a large or an XL? I said, I'm a large. I'm lying to myself. I'm an XL the rest of the time. There's no. You don't get into a large. There's not a chance you get into a large. Well, they vary. It's no, no a if, real, yeah, if, a real large. If you yeah. put on this large T-shirt right now, you're turning into Hulk. It's ripping all over. Stick around for the third second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's, there's not a chance. When you said uh, I'm a large, I'm like, uh, no. Uh, if, if you're a large, then okay, I'm going down to a small. It's denial. Mm. Is what it is. Well, uh, deny, deny, deny. But I'm a different. But, I'm but a different you did have the yeah, you did have the 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 arms uh, on full display during the yeah. well, uh, conversation. I'm a different with Manny. size in October than I am in May. But <laughs> but yeah, for for the conversation with Manny, it was just uh, and, and you know we've we've been able to touch on the subject of, of his battle with prostate cancer a couple times now over the last month or so. Um, first of all, just I mean, hats off to Manny for for being willing to talk about it. Yeah. You know, because it is obviously a difficult thing that everyone goes through differently. But he's been very adamant that he wants to be able to be. A messenger, uh, not only to you know confidence, especially this time of year, and with hockey fights, cancer for the how about a lifesaver? A life like he's going he's to save lives. Absolutely, he is, and that's where the, the most important part of the message that he's pushing, or at least I think the most important part, he is hammering, hammering, hammering early detection. Yeah. And how he said that the, a blood test at the start of the year saved his life. He is going to save his life as you know he's going to tend tend to the actual treatment over the next month or so. Um, but. You know, b brave of him as as he's undergoing what he's undergoing to be, you know, not even willing to talk about. It. He insists to talk about it, and uh, that, I think that's gonna make a difference for a lot uh, of people. So, the late great Brian Murray, uh, somebody that uh, that admitted they should have got tested sooner, mm -hmm. and it was uh, just the the idea of of the test and and what goes along with the test and and everything, uh, that the the vanity or whether whatever term you want to use it, he he put that off, yeah. and he said he 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 would have battled through it, been able to get through it before it became terminal, had he been able to just uh, face up and, 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 and get the test. And I always think of that, and then I, I, I hear Manny uh, promoting it and, and advising us and giving us his story, and it's just uh, it's being able to do that in his situation with all that he's dealing with is is a tremendous compliment to him. Yep, and I, I think it makes him feel, uh, you know, it adds some some – some value to his situation, yep. you know. It's 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 a it's a situation that he doesn't want to be going through. Nobody does. No. But while you're doing it, do some good, and and he's done that. And I think to your point, the reason people don't get tests early, it, it's a human element. I think we yes. all have it. We all have a little bit of an ostrich syndrome that we stick our head in the sand. Yes. You know. So all the more important for someone who's going through this to say, hey, not only is it important, 
it's not that hard. Mm. You know, get it done. You're, you're better either way. Hopefully, everything's good, but you're better off knowing. And Suck day, it up. Do it. Get it done. You're you're gonna thank yourself afterwards, no matter what the result is, and and you're gonna put yourself in the best position if if uh, if there's something you need done. And just uh, so you know, I, I'm one of those people. And oh, 100%. In, in, in having uh, Brian uh, in the back of my head, and then hearing Manny, I've I've moved past that, and I'm going down the path of, uh, of getting tested. So, and, and I'm of that 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 age group. So, uh, I, I, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I I know of what you speak when you say, ah, I'm just not gonna. I can find any excuse in the world to to not do it. But, I was uh, I was finding them until yeah. Manny talked to us all, yeah. and once he did, yeah, everyone on the staff got to it. Uh, we have a pre-Thanksgiving meeting with the Nashville Predators for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, tomorrow night. It's weird how this works. And and when you're around a team or a league for a little while, you, you kind of figure out there's some, some similarities and some trends. Mm-hmm. Well, two years ago, the Golden Knights played the Nashville Predators on the last game before Thanksgiving. Yeah. And Vegas was sputtering a little bit at the time. And it looked like it was going to go down as as a defeat, and uh, there would be some some questions being asked about where the roster was, where the team was, because they were about 500. <laughs> well, lo and behold, uh, Max Pacioretty ties the game with 0.3 seconds to go, and then they win in an overtime on a 2-1-0, uh, Stastny and, and, and Schmidt. Uh, and, and they they kind of – it was a real big moment on the season. They didn't, didn't put them over the top, but a, a huge moment. 2021, the team is battling through some huge injury issues, getting through it. But the last game before Thanksgiving is against Nashville. And while Pacioretty was the hero two years ago, he plays a different role right now. There's a lot of talk that he may be able to play tomorrow night and come back for the first time since game two of the season. What a massive shot in the arm yeah. that would be. It, it will be whenever it happens, but if it would be for the, for this... You you tell me. I always find there's there's symbolism for this specific time of year. And you've been doing this for a long time and talked to, to dozens and dozens of coaches over the years. Have you ever asked for a benchmark? We well, always say... It used to be Thanksgiving. Yes. Except for this year. Exactly. And that's yeah. where it's always been like, okay, we always say, hey, this is happening or that's happening, but it's early, but it's early, but it's early. When is it not early anymore? At yeah. what point can we can we say like, ah, this just is what it is? Well, American Thanksgiving is if you're out of the playoffs in American Thanksgiving, you traditionally have a really hard time getting into a playoff position. With the exception of like what the 14 Kings and, and the Blues a couple of years yeah. ago were probably the exceptions. And yeah. the Blues had Jordan Bennington as their, their wild card. Exactly. And that's the interesting thing here. But the season started late this year. Right. And they've got the Olympic break where there's uh, some jam in the schedule. So, so that date of American Thanksgiving is really the middle of December this year. That late, you think? Yeah. Okay. That's about that's about all right. Cause, in, well, cause and the different people that I've talked. So to. we're still talking two weeks. Goofy enough, but I've actually talked to people about this. Uh, about where the actual date is. Any idea that I have? I assume you had two weeks ago. No, 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 no. <laughs> you're 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 right on the money. But uh, but I was trying to nail it down because I've heard so many people talk about the American Thanksgiving thing. Yeah. Like it's not accurate this year. Well, and especially in the reason I bring it up is for the Golden Knights. It's extremely inaccurate because mm. the first two months of season has at no point except for maybe opening day been the actual team right. that we would be trying to assess. And even there, there was there's pieces missing. Yeah. So, you know, in that sense, every team goes through something. But I, I struggle to think of any team, with the exception of 
you know, the, the week that Ottawa was going through, are going through their COVID situation, in terms of actual long-term impacting day-to-day operations of the team, I can't think of anybody who's going through it as dramatically as the VGK have They have been. not had their top two lines since game two. To which point, we can almost say, let's say it's two weeks from now, mm-hmm. as uh, the, the bell curve that you've gotten from people you've spoken to, we can kind of start to assess everybody else. It's like, all right, they yeah. are where they are. Yes. And now it's almost like it's almost like the, the race is frozen in time. And, you know, if, if any team, there's no guarantee that they will do it, but it, when the VGK get everyone back or at least start getting significant pieces back a chunk at a time, could they go on a run? Like in, in years where we would be like, wow, this team was at the back of the pack, and then by, by March they rushed all the way back to the front. How did they do it? Got healthy. VGK would have to do it, yeah. but we shouldn't be shocked if it happens because they've been missing their best players for the entire stretch. Yeah, this will be different than St. Louis. Yeah, in 2019. No, they uh, had Jordan I, Bennington. That was the yeah, <laughs> was and, the and Vegas won't uh, is nowhere near uh, in, in a hole like the St. Louis Blues were that year. Well, that's what's amazing is again they're, they're above 500, battling through what they've been battling through. They've they won it was uh, yeah it was five of six on the homestand yeah. recently, like they're a winning hockey team and they're doing it with. A, a large contingency of of silver knights, and they're doing it with players that they've been picking up here and there to to help you know sustain. So that's where to me it's it's an interesting factor that this is usually where you look and say like okay let's look at the standings and how much will it look like this a month from now. That's not the situation we have this year at all. Uh, it's been an impressive season, maybe the most impressive coaching work that I've seen yeah. uh, uh, in a, in a long time, where you've actually had to coach every single night and every single period. Uh, to to an nth degree, uh, that's been positive, and just uh, players being able to to be positive and be able to focus on the moment and not get frustrated. I think there was that moment, uh, maybe game three, four, where woe was me, mm-hmm. which is natural. And then I don't know whether it was the coaching, I don't know whether it was the players, uh, kind of turned it around, and that those games, Denver and Dallas, uh, going on the road, helped make it happen. And then. You start to get that sign people are coming back. Shea Theodore was back last night. Yep. Uh, Zach Whitecloud, a uh, couple of back. games uh, before that. Uh, Mark Stone, a uh, couple of games before that. Uh, there's this, this, drip, this. Drip, drip, Yeah, and it's almost better that it happens that way. Yeah. Uh, in a sense, I'm sure Pete DeBoer would disagree with me <laughs> on that. But, uh, but, but you, you, don't need everyone to, yeah. you don't need everyone to refine themselves on the same night, right? Yeah. Like, okay, by the time we get so-and-so back, Stone's been back for three or four games, and he's hit his stride. And it, it allows you to gradually roll into it. And again, to, to your point, you know, we talk about for Vegas as they get everyone back, and it's going to be almost like a new, a new take on the season from that point forward as they do. Mm-hmm. As they stand right now, they're five points back at Calgary. Yeah. After all of this, they're five points back at Calgary. They're four points back of Edmonton. A couple of games in hand for the Oilers, but they're they're very very much in the mix. You know who's after going off? through a nightmare of a start of the two months in terms of what the roster has been available to them. The most ticked off people in the National Hockey League right now are Edmonton and Calgary because they thought it, with their starts this was their such opportunity. A big, uh, big yep. cushion. Uh, we've got uh, Will Nichols standing by. Will's going to be ticked off at us. Because you and I are just talking, just taking away all the oxygen and, out of the yeah, room, and, and, uh, and he's standing by uh, <laughs> to join us uh, via Zoom, and he'll join us on uh, nighttime at noon in just a little bit. The director of player development for the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Golden Knights fans, uh, need more hockey. Make sure you check out the newest team in town, the Henderson Silver Knights, and talk about the job that Manny Beveros and uh, his coaching staff, Jamie Heward, uh, taking the reins uh, for a period of time, have done right now, dealing with their own roster flux. A single game group and mini suite tickets uh, for home games during this season are on sale now. 
contact the Henderson Silver Knights ticketing team at 702-645-4259. DM me if you uh, want that number again on Twitter. Uh, DMs are wide open. Or visit hendersonsilvernights.com to learn more. Will Nickel, graciously standing by, patiently standing by. Uh, we will talk about all the prospects uh, within the organization when we continue at nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Making it happen from City National Arena inside Studio 31 at the home worldwide headquarters of the Vegas School of the Knights. Darren Millard, Brian McCormick on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, one hour of VGK talk and then two more hours of hockey talk coming up on the VGK Insider Show 4 to 6 uh, this afternoon. Brian McCormick, a, a regular guest on that program. Uh, Allie McCormick. Uh, 
joins us every now and then, Brian's <laughs> wife, when we uh, when we decide to throw her on the phone. She she won't drive anywhere with me during the program now. No, she's she's, she's very very careful. She's like. <laughs> Is that show on? Like, no, no, not at the moment. we got to get uh, our good friend uh, Will Nickel on the program uh, from 4 to 6 uh, more often, uh, Director of Player Development for the Vegas Golden Knights. How are you, pal? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Thanks good. for having uh, me on. Thanks for being patient. Uh, you, you, the, Dakota, uh, making sure that uh, that you were all hooked up and ready to go. You've been on the on the air with us, just uh, yeah. patiently listening for about forty you minutes. You know what? It was great. It gave me a chance to listen to you guys. Uh, I feel like there's almost not a lot for me to say. You guys did such a nice <laughs> job covering it, uh, especially the first fifteen minutes. Uh, it was it was great. What do you think of McCormick's arms? Pretty solid, eh? Uh, uh, I, See, I'm this is a guy. Yeah, he's, right he's unimpressed. Let's, let's stick to the prospects. <laughs> let's stick to the prospects. <laughs> uh, hey, so as director of player uh, development, uh, what, like, you're on the road right now. Uh, wh- yes. Where are you? What yes. kind of trip are you on right now? Give us an, uh, this is sort of a. This is idea. a great one. This is what I call a backpack trip. Uh, I left uh, this morning, and uh, I will be. You know, I'm based out of Madison, Wisconsin. That's where my wife. Uh, well, my wife moved there when she was seven, so she's basically from there. I'm from there as well, and. I'll be back in Madison tomorrow night. Uh, I'm in Minneapolis tonight seeing um, a college game, you know, making sure that we, uh, if there's another Zach Whitecloud out there, that we find mm-hmm. him. And then tomorrow I will be over in Green Bay uh, seeing Jackson Hallam. And Green Bay is a little over two hours from Madison. So I'll, I'll get home late tomorrow night and be able to spend Thanksgiving with, uh, with my wife and her mom and dad. Go ahead. Sure. Well, you know, on a trip like this, uh, well, for for the fans that uh, maybe haven't heard you speak before, you mm-hmm. have the opportunity to go to all these rather obscure towns. Some of them, of yeah. course, major junior cities people know of, but, but the stickers on your suitcase must be rather uh, unique and extensive. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really, I, I think it's one of the, the neat parts of, of my job is I get to see a lot of different parts of the world. And um, I, I also get to meet people, you know, like Von Carpen, for example, um, he's from the paw, you know, and, and carp is like a brother to me, you know, we've become very close and I never would have met him if it wasn't for this game. Uh, I can't say I've been to the paw yet, but, uh, I've, you know, I've been to, uh, to Winnipeg and Brandon and other parts of, of Manitoba. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously Brian, some, some trips are, I guess, easier than others, uh, easier places to get to than others, but, you know, I love what I do and I love seeing different parts of the world and, and meeting different people from those parts. Let's uh, go through some of the prospects. Uh, Brennan Brisson is, uh, is lighting it up at Michigan right now. Uh, give us uh, the latest on him and, and how he's progressed since he was drafted. Yeah. Uh, well, Brennan's doing a great job of um, filling out his 200 foot game is is probably the best way like he's got things guys that you can't teach he he thinks the game uh at a, at a very very high level he sees the game at a very very high level so as he goes up you know he's going to be even better with better players because he thinks it that well uh, mel pearson told me that he hasn't had a, a kid at michigan that can shoot the puck like brennan since patch was there so he's got all those things right but you guys hit on it earlier and I actually sent a quote to Brennan and all the prospects about a week ago that Pete uh, had said about Jake LeCision and, you know, his 200 foot game and, and gaining the trust of a coach at the NHL level, you know, all these kids can score at the younger 
ages and, and at the other levels, but what is it that gets you, you know, into the lineup, helps you stay in the lineup? You know, you got to get the, the coach's trust. And Brennan's really uh, worked on that, and um, his, his 200 foot game has become much better. Will, is it useful for Brendan to be playing with a, a Michigan team now that is stacked with first-round picks and also has a lot expected of it? Is that a good environment for a player to develop in? It's a great – you know, they got a great team. Yeah, no doubt. Mel's done a great job, uh, he and his staff, uh, putting a real talented group together. Um, and, yeah, I think it's been great. It was great last year. They had a pretty talented group, but this year they're at a different level in terms of talent. And uh, it just, you, you see him starting to shine even more, which kind of goes back to my first point is I think he's going to be better with even better players. And he's showing that this year. Uh, you are uh, traveling around trying to find the, the next one and uh, keeping track of uh, the ones that are already drafted and uh, part of the Vegas Golden Knights organization. Uh, Lucas Cormier, uh, we got to see him in camp. We got to see him uh, uh, play. Uh, how's his development since uh, he's gone back? His has been great. So what I just talked about with Brennan, you know, Lucas uh, is, is working on at the defensive end. So the best thing for Lucas was when Krim and I sat with him on his exit meeting, his exhibition game. And I don't know how well you guys remember it because you guys have so many things going on. But the first period, you know, Lucas let the game come to him. He wasn't trying to force offense. He wasn't doing what I would say were junior habits. And he played lights out. Well, the second period, you know, like a lot of young players do, he started to go to his junior habits and try to do too much and quickly learn that you can't do that. And it was a great thing for us to point to when Krim and I met with him. And I keep going back to that game with him and his coach. And he's really bought in. He's really bought in. Like he, there's very few defensemen, you guys, that can just be that good offensively where they can make a living and a career in the NHL. They got to be able to defend the rush. And they got to be able to defend in their zone, right? So Lucas is, is buying into that and he's making some steps. The offensive stuff comes natural to him. I think he's second in the league right now for defensemen and points. But, but our message to him is get points the right way, right? We'd rather have you get 50 points the right way than 80 points the wrong way. And uh, to his credit, he's, he's doing that. With Will Nickel, the director of player development. Well, to bounce around a little, for yeah. the Vegas Golden Knights, they've had a lot of Silver Knights come up into the lineup. A lot of players yeah. making their NHL debut this year. That point you make about Lucas Cormier, let the game come to you. Don't go outside of yourself. Is it hard to assess or, or to balance the need of for the VGK? Okay, we're calling guys up. Mathematically, we need bodies in the lineup, but also making sure that when you bring a player up, it's something that they're that they're ready for. Is that is that a hard thing to assess from a, an organizational standpoint that you bring up the right guys and not just whoever the next man up is going to be. Well, I, I don't know for other organizations, but for ours, you know, it starts with George and Krim and it works through Pete working with Manny and, you know, myself and, and Bob Lowe's and Carp, Von Carpen working together. We, we don't have any silos. We collaborate on all decisions. So I think that's not, I think I know that George and Krim have a very good idea of what the prospects are when they get to Henderson um, and then Manny and his staff have just done a tremendous job. And so I know they're in communication, Tim Speltz with Krim and George and Pete on what they're doing in Henderson. Right. So I, I think that they have a real good idea of what these kids, I always say kids, what these young players are going to bring in terms of strengths uh, when they come up. Uh, we've uh, seen so many players get their 
hot yeah. lap out there and, 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 <laughs> yeah. and be able to twirl around and, and make that dream of uh, cracking the National Hockey League uh, for the first time. Uh, what, what sense do you get having been th- with these players now for a number of years and, and watching yeah. that happen? Uh, it's hard not to get emotional. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really is. Uh, I try to hurry back to the hotel or hurry to my home if, if I'm home to see, you know, these guys make their debut. Like when Paul Cotter scored his first goal when LeCision scored the game winner, when Jonas scored, when Benny had his first game the other night, it's hard for me not to like jump off the couch for these kids because I, I've been fortunate. Like I've been a part of their journey. I haven't been there for the whole time. Right. But I've been there for a chapter of their, of their journey, if you will. And, um, all those kids, all four of those kids have gone through adversity, right? And I always say that it's probably the most important part of my job is to be there when things aren't great for a player, you know, to help them, you know, understand this is all part of the process. Like adversity is part of life. Adversity, I heard you guys talking about Manny and his journey and, you know, adversity is going to come at us, whether it's in life or in hockey. So grab on, you know, and let's, let's develop through adversity, right? Let's, let's embrace this adversity and let's find ways to get better. And all four of these kids have had their own bout with adversity, their own journey that I've been able to be a part of, but you know, Darren and Brian, like I say all the time, the kids have the most important part of the equation, right? Like they have to want it more than I want it more than Pete wants it, Manny. Right. And all four of these kids, you know, fall into that category as well. Like we can give them everything that they need in terms of resources and in terms of telling them what they have to do, but they have to do it, you know? And so I'm always just so proud when these kids make their debut because they've done the work, you know? And so they should enjoy that, that hot lap, if you will. And they should enjoy that first night coming out of the tunnel uh, and and on the T-Mobile. Just, we've got a bit of an echo, so just bear with us. We'll, Sorry, we guys. Go through this. No, Is that me? I think just plug your headphones back in or okay, we'll just me... work through this uh, is that, live on the is air. That better? Uh, if, if you are the strongest or most point of contact with these players coming up, do you reach out to them after they make their debut? Do they talk to you after they make their debut? So I try to leave the guys alone once they're up with – uh, the big club, but with each one of these kids, you know, with Hager, when he got up with white, with white cloud, when he was up with cogs, uh, with Cole Lazar, um, all those guys, at some point, I either send them a text or what I like to do, you know, lately is I record, you know, the message and then I send it to them in a text so they can hear, you know, my voice and hear just how excited and how proud I am of them. But, you know, I, I try to leave them alone unless they need something. You know, I think it's cool, Will, for what the VGK is going through right now. A lot of call-ups, the Silver Knights, a lot of guys going up. When we were on the bus from Stockton to Sacramento last week, uh, you know, everyone has their phones up and they're watching because they want to see, you know, when uh, when Paul Cotter scored his first goal, you had heard guys yelling up and down the hallway. It's great yeah. for the player. It's great for the organization. But it's, it's great for everybody to see the young guys having success, even the players who are hoping to one day make their way up. Yeah. And how great is it? And, and it just speaks to the character of, of the players in our organization that there's not jealousy, you know, they're happy for these players as they go up. Obviously they all want to get up there. Right. But we've, we've, 
got a culture where it's team first. And um, that's pretty neat. I didn't know that story, Brian. And it doesn't surprise me at all, knowing the players that we have in Henderson and then the players that we have coming up right now through juniors and college hockey. Chatting us from a hotel room in the, where, Minneapolis, did you say? Minneapolis, yep. I'm going to see Penn State and St. Thomas tonight. Oh, great. Uh, Penn State has got, uh, I've I've watched them on television a couple of times, so uh, that'll be a great opportunity tonight. Yeah, Guy Godowski does a great job there. they got a nice, hardworking team. They do. Uh, Director of Player Development uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights is Will Nickel on the road getting it done. Uh, Just uh, some other prospects uh you know them more than i so uh give us an idea of uh, who's jumping out at you right now within the organization yeah well i think the one that uh, you know we're going to be excited we're going to be excited when they all come but you know ivan morozov is one that I, I can just tell you i've worked the hardest or spent the most time on um because he's over playing in st petersburg but last year you know he was the top scoring um player in the khl under the age of 22 and he was 20 all last year. He just turned 21 recently. So I think, and I've said this before, you know, I, you're going to see a lot of Paul Stasny in his game. Like he's a true two-way center. Um, very, very good uh, center iceman. Um, he's obviously going to be one that you're going to be excited about. You know, the, the, what I want to hit on a little bit too, guys, is Bob Lowe's and his staff. Like you, you go through some of these guys, like Jacob, um, Jacob Urbanitz, who's in Charlottetown, fourth-round pick. Jacob Demick, you know, who's in Edmonton. Those two are having great rookie seasons in the CHL. I've been really impressed with them. Jackson Hallam, I'm not sure there's a more talented player in the USHL than Jackson. He's a third-round pick. Danny Chaika, you know, is a second-round pick, uh, who's who's just a got a real high upside, real high ceiling, uh, playing playing in, in Guelph. So I think what Bobby and those guys have done and continue to do is they're able to get more value than where they're picking these kids uh, a lot of times. And that helps us keep the, keep the cupboard, you know, more than, more than full. And will another player from the most recent draft class, the first round pick Zach Dean. Uh, yeah. Was yeah. I, mean, I just but- saw Zach. He played his first game. So I want to give some credit here too, to, to Todd Richardson and Jay Millette, their staff, they did an unbelievable job getting Zach healthy. And I went for his first game back, almost expecting it to be not much of a game for the kid. And he looked like he did in the first game of the rookie tournament, you know, and Brian, you were there. He, he was very good in that first game. So credit to Todd and their staff for getting him ready. He felt great uh, during the game, after the game, you know, he's got, boy, he's got a motor. You know, and, and I, I guess I'd compare him in some ways to, to Peyton Krebs, you know, with, with that motor and that compete. He's got really quick hands, uh, sees the ice. He's a really good player, good prospect. And I'll be up there uh, this, this coming Tuesday and Wednesday to spend some time with him. Charlottetown comes in as well. So I'll see Burbanitz and Cormier play, uh, play Gatineau. We see the uh, the pictures. We see the players holding their pucks uh, from their first goals, and uh, yeah. in the background somewhere in there should be superimposed a, a little shot of Will Nickel, as uh, he's been uh, part of that journey from the, the very start with these kids. Uh, success is uh, deserved for you, and uh, safe travels as well. Happy Thanksgiving, pal. Hey, th- happy Thanksgiving, guys. Uh, you're doing a great job. Keep it up, and thanks for having me on.
We'll chat Thanks soon. Well. There's Will Dickel, okay. Director of Player Development for the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll take a break. We'll come back and wrap things up on Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Vegas Golden Knights taking on the Nashville Predators. Coming up tomorrow night, last game before Thanksgiving, and you can uh, watch the game on AT&T Sportsnet, or you can watch the game on AT&T Sportsnet while you're at Stadium Swim, a watch party uh, at uh, Circa, coming up tomorrow afternoon. A pregame show at 4.30, uh, 4 o'clock on Fox Sports Las Vegas, and then you can uh, watch face-off uh, whatever telecast or broadcast that you're listening to, but Stadium Swim is a pretty cool place. You know, I haven't been there yet. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what I'm waiting for. I think I'm just waiting for the right occasion, like uh, some sort of 
maybe a playoff watch party or something like that. Mm. Or, I mean, it's not typical swim season. What are you doing now, tomorrow? I guess. Uh, going to Stadium Swim now, I think. Yeah. That's a, I was waiting for an invitation from you. I know people. You know people. I know people. High up people? or No, the, like I know Gosher, who knows like really important people. Well-connected yeah, guy. Yeah, but I can, I, can, I can get your name on the list. That might uh, be Stadium one. Swim tomorrow. Hey, uh, I'll wear this T-shirt. Yes. That's what I'll do. So these Jack Eichel T-shirts that we've got on, uh, if you're listening to the program, uh, we they're they're Jack Eichel sweaters, uh, T-shirts with a uh, hockey card, or the, where the player card uh, going on, oh. like you know, like if you're playing poker. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I, you know, what I like I, it's very uh, detail oriented in the sense that the 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 curls. Yep, they're accounted for for Jack Jack Eichel in a J. And the J. With yes. a Jack. Not for, Joe, not the, for Joker the, or Jack. It's the, uh, the Jack card. And so that's going to be exclusively for sale this uh, Friday, Gold Friday. Uh, come over to uh, the Arsenal, the Armory, uh, check it out. Uh, and it's going to be part of uh, the the big black uh, or uh, Gold Friday sale yep. coming up uh, this weekend. And then Lifeguard Arena has Silver Saturday mm. on Saturday, and they're going to be giving uh, selling the Nevada Day jerseys. Oh, very good. Uh, w- busy, busy Saturday. Yeah, yep. The Iowa Wild are in town mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday to uh, afternoon matinee games. So uh, you can see the Henderson Silver Knights on Saturday and the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday night mm-hmm. afternoon uh, day night doubleheader. You let you work off the Thanksgiving dinner with a busy hockey weekend. Ooh, a lot of fun. <laughs> Thanksgiving coming up, and then, of course, uh, we've got uh, weekend hockey for you. Uh, Connor McDavid in on Saturday, Iowa Wild on Saturday. Uh, three games for you uh, this weekend of professional hockey. Brian McCormick, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me, Darren. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, uh, and we continue with the Henderson Silver Knights and the Vegas Golden Knights week schedule on Thanksgiving week.